Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. The Bible, particularly the Gospels and Acts, talk a lot about demon possession. In fact, it seems like if you're reading the Gospels, you can hardly turn the page without Jesus casting a devil out of someone. And then the book of Acts follows it up with accounts of multiple confrontations between the apostles and uh, demon-possessed people. However, for those of us who live in North America in the present, it seems like that there's maybe not as much I could maybe I could call it overt demonic activity is what we read about in the New Testament. But I know that you've ministered extensively outside North America. You grew up in Korea. What's been your experience when it comes to confrontations with demonic spirits? Um, and maybe why don't we see as much of that or why don't we seem to see as much of that, I should say, in North America? Well, I, first of all, from the Bible, particularly the New Testament, I do believe demons are real. It appears that they're fallen spirits, angels. Who, who sinned and became demonic under the influence of Satan. Um, uh, and we do see accounts in the Bible of demon possessions. Demons have caused physical disease, mental disease, a spiritual rebellion. Um, I do believe there's demonic activity in the world today. I grew up in Korea where my parents were missionaries, and it was a non-Christian culture, primarily ancestor worship and uh, shamanism or worship of spirits of nature, uh, Buddhism. And when you find a pagan culture or non-Christian culture where there's overt worship of spirits, um, the Apostle Paul explains in 1 Corinthians that demons receive that worship. So it's not just neutral, but demons actually receive that. So that explains in non-Christian cultures, there is often more overt demonic activity. Um, whereas in the U.S., at least historically, we've been uh, more or less a, a biblically oriented Christian oriented culture. So there's not a lot of openness towards demonic influence. Now, sadly, that has changed a lot. So I do believe that when people engage in idolatry or witchcraft, or open promiscuity, or uh, open drug use, they do open themselves up to the demonic world. And to be honest, when you read about some of the heinous crimes, the torture, child abuse, just gratuitous violence, and you might just say, well, it's mental illness, and maybe that is a factor. There's often an overlap. But I do think probably we are seeing, although we don't recognize it, uh, maybe, we are seeing an increase in demonic activity across our world and even in the United States and Canada. It's probably far more prevalent than, than what we know. I have personally, both in Korea and ministry overseas and in starting a church in Austin, Texas, uh, I have encountered de demonic spirits and we have cast out demons. I believe it's real. Um, then the way that you deal with that situation is you rebuke them in Jesus' name. Sometimes it's not always clear. There, there is a maybe a continuum where certainly there's human rebellion. Not, not all sin is caused by the devil. 
People say the devil made me do it. No, it could be your own will. You know, you can cast out the devil, but you can't cast out the flesh. <laughs> so if your, your, uh, temptations and your habitual sins are caused by fleshly indulgence, well, no amount of praying is going to cast out the demon because that's not the real issue. Sometimes it'd be easier if it was. Though, yes. But I will say when people just open themselves up in an unrestrained way to evil, then that gives an opportunity for the devil. And in some cases it may be demonic influence, which I think that's extremely prevalent. Some cases it may be oppression where the devil has, you know, is dominating the, the person's thoughts and minds, maybe not completely controlling them. And then sometimes it is possession where the, the demonic spirit has taken over where that person cannot freely exercise choice and they're being motivated by evil spirits within them. Now, I will say this. We shouldn't exaggerate the devil's power because notice when Jesus cast out demons, I'm thinking of the man in Gadara that was so possessed by demons, he couldn't be restrained. He would break chains and he would, he would howl and cut himself and, and he would roam around. He was what we would call, you know, insane. But yet he came to Jesus and Jesus rebuked the demons and delivered him. Now notice he couldn't free himself. He was bound. But all those demons could not stop him from coming to Jesus. Surely they would have if they could have. But even with a demon-possessed person, there is a human will. And I believe deep inside, if there is a will, that will is not 100% crushed. So even though the person may not have free control and may be influenced and even compelled to do things that they didn't want to do, if they want deliverance, they can't deliver themselves. But when they come in contact with an apostolic believer, spirit-filled believer, then we can pray the prayer of faith in Jesus' name and they will be delivered. Now, sometimes people aren't delivered, and I think it's usually because in their will, they have chosen this and they desired this and they have lit, maybe they didn't really expect to be filled with demons, but they persistently and rebelliously chose a lifestyle. And so even though you pray for deliverance and cast out the demon, if their will is not seeking deliverance, then I believe the demon could remain. On the other hand, if they desire deliverance, even though they're not capable of acquiring it on their own, they are capable of coming in contact with the church and seeking in their own way for someone to deliver them by the power of Jesus Christ. And that probably would explain why Jesus is constantly encountering people who are demon possessed because those people, there's something inside of them that yes. wanted to make contact with Jesus. Right. right. And then, um, so now a, a related question, can, can a Christian have demons? And I would say understanding as we do what a New Testament Christian is, someone who's baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, the answer is no. If you're filled with the Spirit, well, and of course, we're not talking about physical quantity, but that's that's a good analogy. If you want to describe what that means, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're led, you're guided, you're owned. Now, the difference between Holy Spirit infilling and Spirit possession, God always honors your will. So we don't really... Think of ourselves as possessed by the Holy Spirit because that implies force. Uh, we're filled with the Spirit because it's voluntary. We receive the Spirit. It's a gift. We accept it. But having said that, there is a parallel. If you're filled with the Spirit, 
voluntarily, but still the Holy Spirit is controlling, you're, you're guiding your thoughts, your mind, you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you're exercising gifts of the Spirit. Well, then how could there be room for a demon if you're filled with the Spirit? Where's the place for a demon? Uh, if you're uh, submitted to the will of God, can you be submitted to a demon? No. And so I do not think a Christian can be demon-possessed if they're truly filled with the Spirit. Now, there are many experiences people relate but we always establish doctrine by the word of God, not by experience. We interpret our spirit experience in light of what the Bible teaches. Having said that, there are many explanations of various experiences. First of all, maybe a person is demonically possessed because they're not really a New Testament Christian filled with the Holy Ghost as we know it. Uh, second, they could be have backslidden. And I do think if they're backslidden, uh, they can open themselves up to demonic spirits. Um, third, uh, they could be oppressed or influenced. So they are encountering uh, real spiritual forces, but those forces haven't controlled them. And for a Christian, we should understand the only power the devil has is bluff. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So that's why I don't think we can be, uh, uh, we can have a demon in us if we're full of the Holy Ghost, because if we say flee, the devil has to flee. But of course, the devil could control us in the form of a bluff if we don't realize that his power is limited and we allow him to, to guide us and influence us and oppress us. Then it could be the same effect as if we were possessed, but we're really not possessed. The devil doesn't really have the power, but he pretends to have the power. And if we're ignorant, we let him get away with it. And of course, the answer to that is to pray in Jesus name and rebuke the devil. So there can be many explanations of why people have had various experiences. But if you are a child of God, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're, you've received the Holy Ghost, then whatever demonic force you encounter, in the middle of the night you feel oppressed, attacked, you, you see a form, whatever, the simple thing is to realize, I have power in Jesus' name. So you rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. And we sometimes say, plead the blood. What does that mean? It's not a New Testament phrase, but it simply means Jesus died for my sins. He shed his blood for me and he rose again to give me liberty. So I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. In other words, based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have power. I have victory. Devil, you're defeated. You already have been defeated by Jesus and I'm not going to listen to you and you're not going to have control of me. And so we call that I plead the blood or I call on the name of Jesus Christ. And I do believe, and I haven't experienced, that whenever you feel that you're under demonic attack or oppression, if you will call on the name of Jesus Christ, plead the blood of Jesus Christ, and have confidence and pray in the Holy Spirit, then you will be victorious. The, in, so in summary, Christians don't have to fear the devil. Uh, and we shouldn't try to find the devil everywhere. Because as I said, many problems are because of the flesh. But I do think the discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, sometimes we'll recognize this is not of God for sure. And this is not just the human spirit. This is a demonic spirit. We take authority over it in Jesus' name. Other times we may recognize, well, this is really a human spirit. So while we're going to resist the devil to get at the root of the problem, that person needs to repent. 
that person needs to be committed to Jesus Christ and be willing to pursue holiness, to be willing to grow, to be trained and how not to yield to temptation. So it's important for us to understand what we're dealing with so that we can give a comprehensive answer. But thankfully, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we do have the comprehensive solution to human sin and we have victory in our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.